Hello everybody, welcome to the Mad Men Recap. My name is Paul and I'm coming to you high atop the beautiful Brooklyn studios in beautiful Brooklyn, New York. Uh, tonight I have with me uh, the best co-host in the nation, dare I say the world, uh, Dr. John, how are you? I'm here, and you're here. We're here. Yeah, uh, folks, uh, here's the thing. We, uh, we ran into some scheduling difficulties, and we couldn't record the show this week um, because... How, we how was Detroit? I wasn't going to... It was fine. It was, it was, one, it was beautiful, John. I was, I was at a wedding, but that makes it sound like you're blaming it on me, which is not the case, John. That's not true. I was uh, back in Indianapolis is, myself, my friend. This is a two-party system, okay? Mm-hmm. Let's, just, let's just be clear. Let's be clear. Uh, right. So um, what we're doing is we're recording this on Sunday. I'm sorry, folks. We, we've, all, we've, we've made late a week. Uh, there's another show, Mad Men show, um, showing tonight. Um, but we are here early to recap the better half. Are you ready, John? I'm ready. It was a good show. <clears throat> it was a fine show. John, I don't make excuses. That's not what I'm about, and that's not what I'm going to do. But... As we discussed last time, it's all about learning three things. That's what I do. Every week I say to myself, Paul, is there any way possible that you could learn anything? And I always respond because I talk to myself. I respond to myself and say, yes, Paul, of course, of course, there's, there's a possibility. And what I want you to do is strive for three. And I did, John. Would you like what to do What do you got? Them? Please. Right. I'm, well, just like last week, though, I'm going to put a little spin on it. I'm taking this ball. I'm moving my, I'm moving my two fingers just outside the stitches. And I'm going to whip it down the plate. It's going to curve a little bit. What it is, is these are the three excuses I could have given for us not recording the show. <laughs> are you ready? This ought to be good. Are you ready for this? Okay, number one. Yeah. John, I locked myself out of my apartment. I'm sorry. Okay. Oh. Did you buy that? Nope. And the funny thing is I know you've done that. <laughs> I've done that. I have done that. Uh, and it's embarrassing. Number two. I've only done it once, too. Number two. Uh, so here's the thing, John. Um, we, I want to record the show, uh, and this gets a little touchy. So Kate realized that we've been recording the show all season without her. She went crazy, yeah. destroyed the studio. Well, we already know the soundboard's gone. What else is yeah. left? Well, she, yeah, well, uh, what, what we have this little, we have this little can that I talk into. It's like, uh, <laughs> have you, have you seen that movie with the people and the thing and they sing into a can and then it gets put on a record? Oh, brother, where are they? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but, uh, yeah, something like that. And what, what happens is what we do is we, we do that. I talk to the can. It records on a record. It presses on a record. And then what I do is then I, <laughs> I take that into final vinyl. I digitize it on my computer. Um, and then I record that to a cassette tape. Um, and then I take it to my friend Daryl. And somehow he gets it up on this Internet web thingy. And that's how everyone gets it. What happens if, uh, if Daryl's sick? If Daryl's sick, John, uh, th- I, I, listen, he's not doing too good to begin with. So let's not even talk about him getting sick. <laughs> I just wondered if he yeah. called his other brother Daryl. Oh. <laughs> ah. Yeah. Uh, no. Uh, there's only one Daryl. Please. Let's, no, no new hard <laughs> jokes on the show. We talked about this. Number three. Uh, <laughs> I got lost on the way to the studio. <laughs> No, that is true. You can't you can't really spot that building, even though it is high atop the tower. That's what people don't realize. They think, hey, you know, Paul probably just does this, you know, in his apartment, uh, you know, on the couch next to the next to the refrigerator. It's a New York apartment, folks. Uh, but that, no, that's not that's not that's not the case. I have I've taken I, I've rented I've rented a, a studio. 
um, yeah, high atop. Um, there's this building in Brooklyn. It's the old, uh, it's one Hanson place. It's the old uh, Williamsburg Bank of Brooklyn, even though it's not in Williamsburg technically. Anyway, you go up there as a clock tower. That's where I'm at right now. I'm in that clock oh. tower sometimes. And what, what I have, to, you can hear, you can hear the hand, uh, you know, each minute, go, right, as it's going around. And what I do is I ask Daryl to digitally take that out, um, which is really, really a lot of labor for him. But John, we're not here to talk about where I record the show or why Kate destroyed the studio. No, no, we're here to talk about the better half, and I'm going to let you just jump off on that for us. All right. Well, this has a lot going for it. Uh, we had quite the Twitter interaction with this show, especially for the second half of The Better Half, which we'll get into, obviously, momentarily. But the show starts out in the workroom. Now, here's what... So we got... We got no, that's not think- the workroom, John. That's the conference room. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, 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 I hate you're to right. split hairs. That's not what I do. That's what you do. But I thought I'd, I'd take a stab at it. How did it feel? It felt terrible. Good. Feel, Don't do it anymore. I feel sweaty. <laughs> Just like Harry Crane, who looks very hungry. But Harry Crane's sitting in the room, and, and this is probably the second, second episode in a row where we don't know what, what is he doing. He's just sitting there being completely useless. Uh, but we have our big guys, uh, Don, Pete Campbell, and our gentleman from CGC, our good friend, Chaw. Okay, it's not as if you there. forgot that, John. Uh, do you know Chaw's full name? Uh, I do. I okay. do, I do. I, I That's know good it off because the top I, of my head. Oh, I've been getting a lot of flack for getting the names wrong. I believe I believe his name is uh, is Kenny Chaw. Or, no, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> Daryl Daryl Chaw. There's a lot of Daryls going on. Uh, isn't it Murphy? It's Murphy Shaw. You're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> Murphy Chaw. Thank you. No problem. Uh, but, but uh, yeah, so Chaw, Don, Pete, and uh, Harry are all sitting in a room, and we're talking about Fleischmann's. We're talking sure. about the first big client we've had since the merger. We're trying to get something right. They're hashing it out. Do we want to go, you know, based on price, the fact that it is, in fact, the more expensive one, or go on taste, which is what Don's proposing? Chaw is sitting there with his tie draped over his shoulder as if he's going to work on a hot dog, but there's nothing in front of him. I'm not sure what he's, <laughs> if he's, you know, if he's just trying to express to the world how hard he's working, or if they had just cleared the soup. And we didn't see that. Maybe there they is just some food the on soup. the table. There is food on the table. So yeah. I guess I can cut him a little bit of a break. Here's the thing. I was completely, I didn't even take it that way. I thought he was pretending he was in a windstorm. One of those. <laughs> is that not what it was? Stupid. Yeah. So anyways, the whole point of this, uh, this scene, however, was to really set up the, the Peggy part of it. So they're, they're going back and forth. Nobody's really listening to Pete, which is nothing new. Peggy walks by. They wave her in. I think if you notice... They do this great, um, they do because she actually says in, in the uh, you know the uh, the episode you know sometimes I think he is you, and they both like beckon her in the same way. If you look at like I think it's one thirty seven of the episode, yeah. they both raise their hands and do a little beckoning wave um, for her to come in, and it's it's you know kind of setting that up what we're going to see at the very end where yes they can be the same person. Um, and they bring her in and try and get her opinion. Hey, what do you think's better? Price, taste. And she refuses to give an answer to weigh in. Pete says he's on Don's side. Don's like, do whatever you want. You know, so it has a very unsatisfactory ending. It does. I would like to I, I, I would like to uh, put my vote with uh, Danny Chaw. 
because he wants to make uh, to to position it as like the premium margarine, which would have been yeah. a great way to go. I think Don's wrong, but anyway. Listen, I you know I just I don't think that Edwin Shaw really has the conviction behind it that Don does. I don't think, I don't think. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, 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 nope, you couldn't even think of one. Jerry, you couldn't even I don't think Jerry Shaw. I don't think Jerry Shaw gets it. Like you get it, pal. <laughs> this is terrible. Moving on. Anyways, we have a we have we have an obligatory shot of Harry Crane eating, which seems to be the way this season's going for his character. He has no but opinion, the, which is not but, unusual. But then the creative uh, leaves the room, and his only value to this episode is he says, "Look, I'm very confident. We're you know he says we're the 27 Yankees. You know we've had this merger. We've got the top creative in this business. You know when things settle down around here, I'm going to make partner." Uh, whereas Pete is stressing, worried about his role in the company. And uh, Harry's like, look, if you're that nervous, go talk to a headhunter. Find out everything else that's out there for you. But this is pretty awesome. Yeah. So it seems like he's comfortable. I mean, Pete was giving him a hard time for not taking a, a role in that. But He's comfortable anyways. everywhere he goes, John. He's an idiot. Who, Harry? Yeah. 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 Pretty much. Speaking of, uh, speaking of idiots... Hey, there's our segue. We get over to uh, <laughs> we get over to the soap opera set, mm-hmm. and we have Megan, who looks different than our previous shot of her on the soap opera set. She's got the short blonde haircut, yeah. and we have found out that she's in fact playing sisters. What twins? Well, they don't even say twins; they just say uh-huh. sisters. Hopefully, they're going to mean twins. However, is brunette blonde, although that could be hair coloring. Who knows? Anyways, she's having a, an interaction with Marlene here on the uh, on the set, and uh, she gets a little criticism. I thought it was a fine criticism, not a big deal, but she seems to take it a little hard. She does seem to like, take it a little harsh, uh, John. I was just I was just going to make a parallel. I like what I like to do on our show is make parallels between us and uh, the Mad Men. Um, speaking of twins, a lot of people don't realize this, but you and I are, uh, you know, although not. You know, genuinely twins. We look like we could be twins, and for a lot of people, the only way to tell us apart is the sound of our voice. This is true. Yeah, very similar noses. Uh, very similar noses. Very similar facial features. Uh, we look almost identical, uh, but as you can only tell between the nasal and the and and the smooth silk. Uh, it's the only way to tell us apart. Moving well, on. And, and yes, thank you for for that interlude. What I like about the next scene here. Don comes into Peggy's room, says, look, I didn't see the boards. Uh, Stan has the boards. Well, really, it's to confront her, have this confrontation about, you know, what's the what's the right answer, mine or his? And she says it's somewhere in the middle. And Don's like, that's not possible. It's right or wrong. So I wanted to get your take. Where do you fall on that? Is there a right or wrong? Or is it somewhere in the middle? Yeah, I wouldn't have said somewhere in the middle. I would have just, what I, what I would have done is just explain my feelings on both approaches. Which I think she probably did. I'm sorry, I didn't just watch this yesterday, but um, I think she probably did. Uh, but yeah, I mean, usually, usually you you would take one side. You'd say, uh, yeah, but I think that one's probably makes a bit more sense for this. Well, especially in this kind of a scenario, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you deal with this, don't you? In in, in what? Oh, well, sure. Right. I well, mean, but, you... and, but the thing is, is normally you're comfortable enough to give your opinion. But she has been put in a situation which is beyond normal everyday work right right well and, the, the, and this whole interchange uh, as this goes forward where you know she accuses him she's like look 
at least you know at least Cha is interested in the the global idea, whereas mm-hmm. you're interested in your idea. Mm-hmm. And Don, I think rightfully so, says don't 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 think that. <laughs> He's interested in his idea. Oh and, no, that's uh, always true. Everyone's interested in their own idea. Exactly, and uh, I I mean I I think that's an easy one to agree on. But you have to that, be but but you have to be smart enough to realize when your idea is not the right one. Right. Yeah. But Don says, you know, don't, 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 uh, don't think he's not interested in his idea. And Peggy goes, well, you, you know, he doesn't make me feel this way. You know, he doesn't, uh, you know, really knock her down the way she feels Don does. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Don, man, he just, he, like, lays one right out there. He says uh, he doesn't know you and walks out. And I thought that was pretty, I don't know. I mean, you know, Don obviously got a lot of great work out of Peggy when she was with him. Uh, although he eventually was one of the reasons uh, she was driven away. Um, yeah. And and he just walks out. We don't really see her response to that. We do see we do hear her response of he never makes me feel this way, which kind of brings us into uh, you know this is this is not we're not talking about work here, you know what I mean? We're talking about right. science, you know? Right, right, absolutely. Oh, calling him out on that, John. The next scene, um, if, if 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 I could move on, is yes. uh, is reminiscent of uh, maybe two two seasons ago when we meet the first. When we first meet the Henry Francis, and he meets uh, Betty at a party because Betty is at this, what seems to be some kind of government waste uh, gala fundraiser. Yeah. Oh, is that what they're called, John? Because I'm on the side <laughs> of the taxpayer. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that is stupid. Uh, anyway, anyway, she's uh, Henry Francis is making a call, uh, uh, probably talking about how to waste taxpayer money. And uh, Betty sang it outside the phone booth. Anyway, some greasy creeper comes over and, you know, uh, treats, treats Betty as if maybe, you know, um, she's, you know, she's just some, you know, some lady you pick up, you know? Well, like if she's get... a woman of the night, John, as if she's standing on a street corner here. Absolutely. And, and uh, before we build that up further, yeah, what do you think of the white tux? I just, I was curious. John, you know, because St- Stewart comes walking around in this. And you strike me as a person that could really pull this off no problem. Well, it's funny you should say that. Well, first let me say, if I had the money, John, I would wear a white tux every day. But I don't. I only have three white tuxes, so there's a few days a week I can't wear them. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Where was I going with that? I forgot. I don't, anyway, I don't know. I was just asking you about the white tux. Yeah, you like no, it? That's, yeah, no, I, I love it. I, like I say, I've got three of them. So, yeah. Let's, but anyway, let's you're right. Out. So, so Henry's in the phone booth, and the steward comes out, and he just starts, uh, you know, is letting her have it, and she, she loves this. She's eating this up, this attention, this, uh, John, you know, the John, fact that he's... Fat Betty's dead. Betty yeah. is back. Yeah, no, I mean, this... Yeah, I mean, if, if... back. If we're being honest, you know, this, this Betty is half the woman the previous one was. Hilarious. Hilarious. Thank you. Hold on. Thank no, you. Hold on. If only the soundboard wasn't broken. Oh, my God. Because <laughs> there's got to be a rim shot on here somewhere. Oh, shit. Well done. Well, speaking of hilarious, we get to go to uh, the uh, what the west side of town now. Wait, are you going to skip that whole... Uh, I, thought we were, I thought we were done. We just we did like Stuart hit okay, on she Betty. Says, she liked it. She says, no, Henry Francis comes out of the phone booth. And it's like, what are we doing here? And tells, yeah. and tells Scotty or whatever his name was to have a nice S- night. Stuart. Come on Stuart. Have a nice night, Stu. Get yeah. the F out of here. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. What's going on, guys? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I mean, that, kind of, that was a vibe I got from Henry when he got out of the phone booth. Hey, guys. 
Oh no, he, he knew what was going on. I know. Oh yeah. I and mean we'll, he does, we'll he's find done that himself. He that's how he got it going to begin with. That's right, at least he wasn't Fregger's this time. Right? That so what? That makes that that makes Stu less creepy than Henry Francis. Well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah it that's does. Right, John. Run <laughs> you took you a minute to do the math on that, didn't you? Yeah, I had to carry the one. Sure. Um, so we had, uh, but yeah, I, th- I think uh, you got you done with that one. Yeah, I'm, I'm done. Thank you. Can we go to Can we go to Abe's place? Do it. By the way, John, I don't know if I've mentioned this on the show yet, uh, but this character Abe. Yeah. I kind of know him. Okay. I kind of. I'm not gonna say we're friends because we're not. But we've hung out. Um, You're throwing a couple I'll, back. We're throwing a couple back. I'm, we made meatballs together, and that's not even a euphemism. <laughs> we actually we did. We made we made meatballs again. I kind of know him. I don't know if I've mentioned oh, yeah. this on the show or not. Um, if if the listeners knew how many times you've said you've made meatballs with a celebrity, oh my god! <laughs> At this point, John, who haven't I made meatballs with? Name somebody. So Dame I'm Judi not... Dench is probably the only famous person I haven't made meatballs with. <laughs> I'm not. I'm, just, I'm not gonna. I'm not. You're not gonna pull me let's into that move. one. Yeah, let's just. Go. We're just. We're, we're gonna go back to Abe's place and see Peggy yeah. come in and find Egg. Abe completely like bandaged up. His left arm is in a sling with yeah. a, a, a wonderful kind of gauze wrap around the hand. He's yeah. got a cop in there, and we find out Abe has been stabbed. Yeah. By two dudes, and it's yeah, but- really funny because it, it's not. It's amazing in the medical world. Most of the, I was talking with some emergency room doctors a while ago, and it's like, I tell you what, if we can catch these two guys, we'd solve all the world's problems. Because everybody comes in the emergency room, and it's the interview starts out with, Doc, I was minding my own business when these two dudes. <laughs> Is this serious? Are you serious? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Every story starts out that way. You know, when these two dudes, like, started hitting me or shot at me or stabbed me. And so the doc was joking her eyes, like, look, if we can find these two dudes, we would solve a lot of problems. <laughs> You know, I, uh, Obamacare. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm out of control tonight. Uh, cheap Anyways, so, so Abe's, Abe's uh, you know, not giving the officer much. And the officer's giving him crap for not giving him any details. Um, and eventually walks out, you know, say, fine, I, I guess, you know, I guess we're done. And, um, you know, he was saying, you know, the, the people that stabbed you, you know, were they African-American or Hispanic? And Abe's like, or, or white. And officer leaves and like, can you believe that fascist pig? Um, you know, I'm not going to give him a reason to shake down everybody that's walking the streets. Mm-hmm. And they have this interchange where she's like, look, you can't protect people that stab people. And Abe says, you know, it, it was, it's, you know, it's, it's the system's fault. It's not their fault. You know, they were brought here by slave ships. And Peggy with the left hook is like, well, I was brought here by you. Yeah. And nice. I don't care if I take a loss. I'm going to sell this shithole. Yeah, and he down. he makes a really feigned attempt at making up, saying, "You know, it's it's wonderful you're worried about me." I'm sorry, baby. I'm sorry. You know, and no, I was no, wondering the thing it's I was wondering most about this episode is when she storms out, says, "I'm going to bed." Mm-hmm. She tries to slam the doors closed, but really it's tough because they're sliding doors. And I didn't know if you would consider these double doors. No, here's the thing. Pocket doors and double doors are two different things, John. I'm glad you brought this up. I was hoping we'd get to talk about this. Uh, Double doors open like regular doors, uh, but there's two, right? Uh, uh, uh. Now, I know you're confused here because these two doors slide, but they do not count as double doors. Those count as double pocket doors, okay? Say it right. Uh, 
But I will give it to Peggy. I think she slammed him very convincingly. Right, right. I'm very angry. <laughs> right I now. mean, I could feel it. I could feel that anger, and, and that's acting. And she makes, like, the scowl face, and yeah. she's doing it. Yeah. Don't mess with her, man. Um, she'll, she'll, catch your, she'll catch your stabbed arm in the pocket doors. <laughs> oh, well, or What's she'll next? do worse than that, as we'll find okay. out later. Okay. Yeah. Hey. Uh, but next we have, you know, Don's coming back. He's had a, you know, he's had his day kind of uh, struggling with Peggy. Mm-hmm. Megan's had her day with apparently getting criticized. Uh, and even says, like, oh, it was so terrible. And uh, they, uh, you know, I mean, she says they, they, they hate me. And, and Don's like, they just gave you a second part. Like, I don't know what she's how she's looking at this so negatively. Insecure, John. Insecurity. We've all got it. Okay, let's not let's not put this on Megan. I mean, listen. All right. Right. Now, I'm do you sorry, think the insecurity Mr. comes secure? from? Yeah. No, I I'm very secure. I was wondering if her insecurity is coming more from her her you know lack of overall experience or more from her teeth. John. I don't know. John. Yeah. How dare? How dare? Wow. I don't know. I don't make fun of people's teeth. Okay. Well, what did tough. you think about the whole siren thing? Siren? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's getting tough out there, pal. New York, and at that time, New York shitty. Okay. Right? Am I right? Well, folks? I didn't know because, Not you know, it, it was, I mean, I didn't even realize until the second or third time I listened through the show that, you know, this was, uh, this was part of the show. Yes. You know, because, I mean, you you got sirens all the time. I, I get definitely get a handful. We were but watching was, the show. It was funny. We were watching the show, and we would hear the sirens in the background, and we were watching it in the uh, on the Lower East Side. And I kept saying to everybody, "Is that on the show?" Because <laughs> that's, that's probably a thing. Like you know what I mean? Like trying to talk about the crime rate. But honestly, this could just be a guy getting stabbed outside by those two guys they didn't catch. Am I serious? Right? <laughs> well, I guess they're they're kids. Whatever. Right, right. These two dudes. Well, moving on. But now we get to now you know now we get to the I, I'm curious to see what you have to say about this ep, this part of the episode where you know Henry kind of uh, interrogates Betty about uh, Stuart and their little interaction yeah and how you know everybody was looking at her and he was you know groping her with his eyes and yeah all this stuff you know what do yeah. you say and, you know Betty Betty like plays coy for a second it's like oh he wanted to be with me all night and uh, man Henry's loving this oh he absolutely loves it there's I think if you go back, because what I do after every episode is I go back through all the old episodes, every single one, and uh, I try to find comparisons. I try to, you know, keep the characters straight, if you, if, 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 if you know what I'm saying. And um, uh, it, Henry Francis has a history of getting Randy in a car, okay? Uh, for some yes. reason, this guy wants to do it in a moving or non-moving vehicle with four wheels. <laughs> I don't know. Is that a thing? You know, moving or non-moving. I don't know. I'm not, I don't I don't have a weird thing like that. But this guy wants to do it in a car after he's a little mad. I love it. Well, so he's, he's got a chauffeur and apparently, you know, I, I guess he I guess he enjoys having uh not fat Betty. Maybe? I'm going to say and I don't know, but he's probably he's probably cool with it. You know, he loves her either way, John. It's not about that, okay? Okay? All right. Cuz as I've been told, love is blind, pal. Don't forget that. I, now, I won't forget that. Now, love is blind. Love can still feel. So it's probably cool that she's a little thinner. 
moving on. Wow. So <laughs> at least we get to head back to the office. It's daytime. The sun's up. And we got uh, the Roger family is here. Oh, yeah. We got Margaret has brought the grandson. And it's, apparently it's going to be uh, what's the a day with... Name? What's that? What's the grandson's name? I'm sorry. What's the grandson's name? I didn't hear you say it. Uh, we're going to go with Roy. Roy. Okay. <laughs> okay. Roy. But, I'm uh, sorry, John. I know that you're... you're Okay, folks. Let me just give you a little behind baseball here. John is not as prepared for this episode as normal, and I'm taking full advantage. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. So please call me out. I have I have done uh, I have done partial leg work as much as possible. Like you were saying, big week, big week, and we'll see what uh, what kind of time I we should, can devote I to be this. Taking advantage of. But uh, but anyways, it's going to be a big day. Uh, Roger and his uh, grandson are going to head out uh, to the movies and then may, or to the uh, zoo and then maybe a movie. And mm-hmm. Joan hits him with a little well, a, a normal work day. Then hey oh, um, you know Joan Joan's getting to see Roger with a little kid. Kind of uh, maybe thinking about, well, you know, how would he be with his real little kid, her boy? Um, And and Margaret seems to be, you know, very in in good spirits after, uh, you know, Roger tried to uh, make amends after his mom passed and be a little bit better with her. So things seem very positive right now. Exactly. They're playing around. Everybody seems to be in good spirits. And then I think we, you know, the the episode just takes an entire turn because we go... To the place, I think it's been called uh, the place where sadness goes to die. To kill itself. To kill itself. <laughs> right. <laughs> Into uh, to, uh, Ray Pete's bachelor pad. Yeah. And who do we see but Duck? The Duck Pond. The Duck Pond is there. He's looking Draining good. He's looking good. He's, He's looking, looking well. Right. I didn't know ducks were made, or made of rubber, John, because they bounce back. Oh, boy. Oh, folks, he's been thinking about that for seven days. I'm sorry. Uh, so stupid. Anyway, apparently Duck is who you go to when you need a new job. Well, no, so Duck's doing what, you know, we saw Freddie do several episodes ago. And, and he's, mm-hmm. you know, he's just, he's got connections. He's making the calls. He's finding job openings. And uh, he actually offers Pete, you know, a job. He's like, what do you think about seeing it from the other side? You know, how'd you like something out in the Midwest? And Pete, Pete, Pete's like, no, how about something back here on Earth? Yeah, I'm with him on that. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, and, and Pete's looking very, very distant, very somber. And, um, you know, and Duck actually takes a moment to, to offer a little bit of kind advice. He's like, look, man, you know, you're, you're filling the room with despair. I've, I've been you, you know, mm-hmm. and, and um, yeah, I, didn't, I didn't really realize where my strength came from. And uh, and Pete said, "Oh, Jin, you know, very smarmy like." Dick. And uh, for a second, I thought Duck was going to answer back with no Chauncey, but no. <laughs> um, Sorry. He says, right. "He says, he says, family. You know, you got to if you can get your family stuff straight. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's really going to help you moving forward." And Pete acknowledges, "Look, it's been a big distraction." You got to get right but, with you, pal. You know what right. I mean. Right. Got to get right with you. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so you know, he you can see ta- Pete actually take that in, which was nice because he doesn't seem to take much in. No, um, except booze and um, turdiness. And what we had heard from the interaction between Megan and Don at the house was the fact that Don was all packed for Bobby's camp. Apparently, Don's going to oh, go up and hang out with Bobby at camp. And so we see Don pull into a gas station, kind of in the middle of the, of wooded land, mm-hmm. and the attendant. 
is uh, otherwise busy. I'm sorry, the attendant is Roy. I'll have to uh, I'll have to take myself back. <laughs> Scratch that off, okay. Yeah. yeah. So Roy is otherwise uh, busy by oogling uh, a lady's backside uh, who's <laughs> bent into the car. Don walks over, uh, kind of, they oogle in tandem for a moment. Mm-hmm. And then Betty stands up, and he's he's surprised. I don't I don't know if he's not seen this on 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 visits with the kids. Uh, you know, if this was like a slim fast diet, or you know, he looks surprised to see her in this form. Uh, but state. but in a pleasant. Um, have, have, now, just to give us a quick uh, a quick idea, is was there a magic diet drug um, at this time, late sixties? Uh, it was very similar to the vitamin B shot that we saw last episode. Oh, really? Cocaine? Pretty well, not cocaine, but no, yeah, no. There was no magic drug, but there were the there were the uppers. There were the you know kind of the speeds, the amphetamines. Yeah, you just you're just too hyped to eat. Pretty much. Nothing. I mean, tastes as good as Skinny feels. Maybe she just kept repeating that to herself. <laughs> as she held a bottle of Ready Whip in the right hand and smoked. Uh, yeah, and smoked. Yeah, but. Um, but anyway, so we, we see uh, Betty's looking good. Don is appreciating Betty looking good. Uh, the ever-helpful Roy is trying to pass off directions, which are useless. And, really difficult uh, directions. Uh, she looks as if she, she's having an aneurysm. And Don says, listen, just, just follow me. I, I, I caught it. We then find ourselves back in the office, John. Yes, and we're greeted by Moira. As, yeah. you'll, as you'll hear, uh, many, many people... Are familiar with Moira's, mm, uh, mm-hmm. as was your complaint last time, that no Whatever. one, in fact, knew a Moira. Yeah. No one knows a Moira. No one. No one knows a Moira. Um, but anyways, they're coming back from Fleischman's. Fleischman's has called for some more information, so they've just done that. And now, Chaw kind of loses it on Peggy. He's like, look, you, what, what are you doing? You touched my hand? You smiled? What is going on? This you know, felt why did I kiss you? I- I don't understand what Teddy Chaw was doing here. It felt really this feel this felt like a serious come on to her. Um, and as we see later in the episode, apparently it wasn't. And this was like kind of bad acted. I mm, I didn't like this scene. I I agree with you, and it wasn't even so much that it was bad acting. I just didn't. Well, I guess I guess the idea is to also set him up as a, a manipulator with the way mm-hmm. this episode ends. Mm-hmm. You know, because we, we got, uh, you know, well, we'll get to the end, but, you know, the way it ends, and he kind of just blows the whole thing off. Yeah. You know, After whereas here. Big scene with her. Yeah, he's, he's saying, like, I'm in love with a coworker, and I think about it, and holds his head in his hand, and, you know, I don't want to do this. I can't. You got somebody. I got somebody. You know, and, and on, like, the little behind the scenes thing, this is one of the reasons that Peggy even, you know, even more likes him, because he doesn't act like that. Yeah. You know, he doesn't freely womanize uh, that she knows of outside of marriage. You know so, what I just realized? Yeah. Just what I, what I just caught. This is really funny. So neither, uh, neither, so they haven't got new mugs for the agency and all the Sterling Cooper Draper Price people are drinking out of their SDP whatever mugs. Yeah. And on, and on Chaw's desk, there's a Cutler Gleason Chaw mug. Oh, very nice. They're all they're all still using their own stuff. It's really funny. I mean, it probably just adds to the like confusion. I yeah. Say, I really like the Cutler Gleason Chow Monk better. You like the orange? Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. All right. Anyway, so yeah, that that one just kind of, and I'm with you. It was a little awkward, very kind of awkward. But we uh, we we had to we had to the camp mess hall, I guess. Yeah. Do you know the camp's the camp's name? I don't know the camp's name. Do you? I heard it was Camp I Don't Wanna. Oh, I I, <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to do Father Abraham. Um, yes. I don't want to see my broken up parents. Uh, yeah, this was quite possibly, John, the funniest thing they have done in this entire series. I listen. I realize they listen to our podcast and they take our input. They take our input at a surprising level, like at a surprising level. But this is over the top. So as you guys know. And it's not just us. Everybody that watches this show has been making fun of how many Bobby Drapers there have been. Um, I think to our count, there's been 75. Uh, to their count, apparently there's been five. Um, but anyway, uh, they, they get there and they're talking to little Bobby, who's, who's very hyped up. I think he might have got one of those vitamin shots as well. And uh, yeah. he's saying that, oh, I'm Bobby. I'm Bobby number five because there's already another Bobby. He was Bobby number one hilarious and i've got it and i don't know who and i apologize i don't know who 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 sent this in but i did not catch that first off and so oh, you tweeted, didn't somebody tweeted back uh john you know i'm i'm slow on the uptake uh but i thought that was absolutely a hilarious way to kind of sneak that in and address the bobby debacle the great bobby debacle of madden <laughs> um, of, of 1968 in this scene, in this scene they're having lunch and Bobby's really excited. I think they're both there, especially Don. Don never shows up for anything. I think he's seen him maybe four times in his whole life. I have and to say, this scene, this is probably the the first time I can recall seeing Betty offer what looked like a genuine smile. Like, she, you know, she actually, this is the most pleasant I think I've ever seen her appear uh, you know when when uh, when Bobby tries to teach Don the Father Abraham, and Betty jumps in with the first verse and and raises the wrong hand uh, mm-hmm. by accident, and then pulls up the you know and she's got this great smile that John, I don't think we ever see. Uh, we we have never seen this, and I read this in Variety magazine that she has spent the last two years trying mm-hmm. to learn how to give a genuine happiness smile. Uh, this is January Jones. Um, and well, actually, I just thought John, you'd say that John, this sadly, was a computer generated. I was just going to say, sadly, John, it was all CG. <laughs> it was all CG. I don't know. She ben couldn't quite get so it. So much money to get, uh, you know, it, to look as to look as much like her as it does. It is, I mean, it's amazing. It's, it, they spent the whole budget. Uh, but, but, but it was honest, a nice she, scene. It was a nice yeah. scene, and maybe on the website there'll be an animated GIF of them all fist bumping. <laughs> But really, you know, I think I think everybody's everybody's you know indulging this fantasy for the moment of sure. Wow, this this is what it could have been like, you know, every yeah. day, you know, well, which obviously is unrealistic. Yeah, everybody's not got every problems. Day. But you, you know, to kind of be in this uh, situation, mm-hmm. uh, it was very nice. So it was a pleasant scene overall. Uh, and then we go, of course, to I mean, to be honest, not so much unpleasantness. We see Pete kind of coming. In the office, uh, hat in hand, as you will, to Joan, uh, look for some advice. Like I don't, you know, he's he's, uh, he's like, you know, I don't want, I don't know what to do. How, how are things going with work? You know, he's asking for help. He mentions his 
his wife, his children, his mom, and Joan's like, look, I got those problems. Who doesn't have those problems? I'll but, say this. Um, Anytime you're in a room, uh, Rapey Pete comes in and kind of shuts the door slowly. Yeah. It's a bad, it's a bad situation. Now, is, are you, somebody had mentioned this. Are you at all concerned that there's going to be uh, a Pete Joan hookup moment? I don't think so, and I'll tell you why. Because literally, uh, she's bigger than he is, and I there would be no problem to overpower him. You know what I mean? I mean, she's she would have to she would have to be paralyzed. Uh, well, no, or, it's not. No, I'm not saying that he would force her because there's oh, been several. That's what I'm saying. There's been several episodes where they've been together, and she's been, you know, kind of pleasant or even laughing at his jokes. Now, I'm, look, I'm saying, would there be a, a chance for a consensual, you know, hookup moment? There's a difference between being polite. And doing it, I've been told. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but I mean, look at, and I know a lot of people don't like that Bobby Benson, but good God, I sure like him. And I'm not a lady, but I'll tell you what: if I had to choose <laughs> between between doing Pete and Bobby B, Bobby B. All right. Is that, is that weird? <laughs> yeah. No, weird. I'm I'm ready to move now. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> But we get we get back to the apartment. Uh, Megan answers the door. We got Arlene, uh, you know, coming over from the show. Don's out for the weekend. Megan's by herself. Said, "Hey, why don't you come over? We'll go over the script. We'll hang out, and uh, you know, go from there." But really, Arlene, you know, has something else in mind. She's like, "Look, this is an easy script. You're a good actress. You're gonna, you know, move on to being a better actress." And uh, you know, Arlene says, "Well, I'm I'm worried about you," but she may not be that worried. I don't think she's that worried, John. And and listen, uh, ladies, just in case you're wondering, if you're home alone, never invite another lady over. Because it can easily be misconstrued as looking for lady love. Am I right, John? <laughs> Happens all the time. Happens all... And man, if I had a nickel for every story I've heard, I think mainly only lady actresses need to watch out for this. Um, the rest of us are fine. Moving on. So we, we're back at the camp. We got the we got the cabins. We got uh, we got Betty in hers. Don in his. Henry is en route. Apparently, who knows? Yeah, and apparently Betty is immune to mosquitoes. Yeah, uh, the, her well, her blood being ice. Uh, <laughs> you know, there's really no reason to bite her. Uh, That's right. The, the mosquito would freeze on contact. Yeah, exactly. Mosquitoes know better. Turns out, uh, it, it looks as if Don has uh, found found himself uh, some contraband, as it were, there at the uh, there at the uh, camp. Uh, he got a bottle of booze. Um, apparently, Betty's into that. Clearly, clearly, they have a little drink, John, and that's all it's going to take. Well, they talk a little bit about the kids. And, uh, you know, it, he helps her up and um, kind of gives her a look. She looks at him back, says, ah, okay, well, it's time for bed, walks into the room, but doesn't close the door. Now, John, is this, and, is, is this, is this classic, is this a classic Betty move? Does she, has she done this before, where she leaves the door open? I feel like this is classic Betty. I, no? I, I, I don't think this is, uh, I don't think this is classic, no. I think the only other I, guy that we've seen her go after was the, the one guy at the bar way back. No, but I think the open door move, listeners, if you could back me up on this, is classic Betty. Well, whether or not it's classic, it works. And Don comes in, uh, you know, draws near. Betty's, you know, Betty's like, what are you doing? Don says, waiting for you to say stop. 
Yeah. And she says nothing. <laughs> and well, no, I mean, I, you know, it was one of those like you know, waiting for you to say say stop. And yeah. you know, he yeah, she there's this um, you know kind of a deep uh, look into his eyes, and uh, and then Betty's all about it. I don't, you yeah, know, I mean, what, yeah. you know, because she, you know, if you figure she was just in, what, uh, the back seat of a Buick with Mr. Francis. I mean, what, what is it? I mean, where, where are we going here? I think people would, would label this as hoe for show. <laughs> I don't know. Well, so, you know, I, I guess what, I guess where we're going with this is right before they really, really, you know, get after it, you know, getting into the, the thick of things, as it were. Uh, she stops for a moment and says, "That was terrible." She stops for a moment and says, "You know what did you think when you saw me today?" Yeah. And he's like, oh, "I saw you. I thought you were as beautiful as the first day I ever saw you." Mm-hmm. And you know, I think that's what she's after. You know, she's after those modeling days. She's after those times where she. Well, was, who isn't, John? Well, I, you know, I was a hand model, so I don't have the same. Well, and you've been lucky because you, you, you know. Between us, we were we were really pulling down the cash as hand models because, as I said, we're nearly identical. Right. Uh, my hands got kind of mangled in a in a, in a press accident. Uh, and your hands have continued to be absolutely beautiful. They're so soft. They are. They're just. It's like it's like looking in the face of God. Okay, we're gonna pull this back. Uh, this, <laughs> anyways. Yeah. But yeah, she she. It, it feels like it's just insanely superficial with her. Um, and we go, uh, we we get out of there, just in the nick of time, <laughs> and we we head. For, so we head from one relatively unexpected kiss, although we'll have several listeners that uh, will make claim to the fact that they knew this was coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we go to another fairly unexpected uh, kiss. Yeah, it was unexpected and, uh, for me. I didn't see this coming. I should have. I mean, with, listen, John, where I come from, <laughs> where I where, where I come, I come from, from, no means no. No means no, and I think they laid down a pretty clear no before, right? But apparently right. not, because uh, because Megan's friend, lady actress, who John doesn't know the name of, and I don't either, um, plants another one on her. Well, I guess the first one plants plants a solid kiss on her, and Megan goes, uh, no, 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 and she says, well, why did you have me over? Your husband's out of town. Two so bottles right. of wine. Listen, you are asking for it, lady. <laughs> okay, I guess. Um, but she seems to take rejection pretty well for the second time, um, <laughs> and uh, and makes her way home. So, what are you going to do? We then uh, find ourselves deep in the afterglow of uh, of Draper sex, and uh, they're having a little pillow talk. John, uh, I think Peggy, it, 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 uh, damn it, drink everybody. Uh, Betty is pretty proud of herself. I think for being able to being able to wrangle Don back in, and uh, I think Don's feeling a bit uh, nostalgic for what could have been. Am I, am, I don't know if I'm wrong there. But. Well, I think you're a little wrong. The uh, yeah, sure, no, but I guess. And this was again the the kind of the the after Weiner interview, where like the big point of this was that in at least according to what he's saying in Don's mind, you know, the sex does not equal intimacy. You know, you say like sex is just sex that, you know, I would we could have felt even more intimate if we had just, you know, uh, snuggled, if you will. Snuggled. Yeah. No, I'm I'm aware of that. Yeah. I'm aware of that word. And but, I remember I remember saying that, you know, and uh, but then the, 
you know, they start to make out again, and, and she stops and was like, are you sure you just don't want to snuggle? Which I thought was actually pretty good. This is probably the best episode for Betty Draper. Oh, hands down, John. Hands down. On her game. I mean, I don't she, know. she seemed to really express a range uh, of uh, emotion. Which uh, we have not seen. She had multiple facial expressions, and by that I mean two. At least two. You know, she she had some really good lines, including the end of this little uh, this this little uh, intimate camping moment where she you know she says, "Poor Megan, she yeah. uh, you know she she doesn't know that loving you is the worst way to get to you." Yeah. Uh, really, really solid uh, all the way through. Way to go! Way to go! Both January Jones and um, and uh, Betty Draper, because I really feel like it was a win for both of them. Um, because they are the same person. Uh, and as opposed on, to them them having a win, we come to poor, poor Peggy getting a loss. Oh, man. Uh, she hears a noise and barges in with with a bar, by the way, yeah. which is what the, what the um, police officer said to get, like get one of these bars. Um, you know, and Abe's trying to patch up the window. And she's like, oh, my God, we, somebody threw a rock through a window. He's like, no. <laughs> Only because, John... Um, this is the last episode I'll be able to do this. I don't know if I've mentioned it or not. <laughs> but I'm kind of kind of friends with Abe. I don't know if I... Did, is that clear? Oh, boy. Okay. Uh, yeah, he's, 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 he's pounding one out here on the window. And uh, I, I believe they have another uh, exchange of frustration. Well, and, and he does admit, uh, you know, like, look, you're right. You know, we got to get out of here. She said she said she's scared. She says she's got one hand, which is right. You know, like she doesn't know if they saw the cop come into the apartment that could make them a target. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, so so he says, look, you know, not everybody's meant to be a pioneer. Um, you know, well. Uh, so do you think do you think he's he's being like, do you think he really wants to stay here? Or do you think yeah. he's just trying to appease? Like, what do you think? No, I think he really wants to stay there. Oh, he does really want to say he's just trying yeah. to make it. He's just trying to appease her. No, he, he seems to be just a you know a constant. Uh, he's just a very socially active, actively minded individual. That's yeah. he, that's that's his thing, yeah. and that's where he wants to be is in the middle of that. Right. And uh, that's not that you know Peggy's coming from a completely different place, yeah. and uh, and and really doesn't is not feeling that. And I think at in this moment Abe is willing to, you know, sacrifice his. Uh, approach to this uh, social activism and, and be a little more peripheral uh, to to appease Peggy. Fair enough, John. I'll tell you what I'd like to do. Yeah. Move on to the next scene where Roger really gets a little beat up for uh, for scaring the kids. Oh, he does. He gets. I mean, and I don't. I don't. I think you'd have to take the side of the mom on this one, right? Ah, no. I'm still with Roger. Come on, man. You're with Roger on this one. Hey, they gotta grow up sometime. Am I right? Oh yeah, no, you're not. You're not wrong about that. Thank you. I mean, everybody's everybody's gonna have to make it. You know, Through if they can make if they can make it the there, they can make right. it anywhere. Oh, well, that was terrible. For every terrible joke I've told during this uh, during this podcast, that really took the taco pal. <laughs> you got to be kidding me. You've got to be kidding me. You're going to call That's me out terrible. on that one? I am. That was terrible. Oh, Moving come on. on. Uh, apparently, he took the boy to Planet of the Apes, uh, and then uh, Roger cuts come back was like, well, Don took his kid. Uh, not, no. Like, that's not who you hold up as, like, your, your 
your your parenting north star. You know what I'm saying? Well, that's what that's what she points out. Yeah, not and, good. And he continues to try and make um, you know make excuses. You know, it's it's why this is a a good thing for the kid, and you know why this was fun, and you know, he, and he even tries to use himself as an example, saying, "Well, you know, when I was his age, I saw the Gollum." Uh, which, which of course, piqued my interest, and I did find out that that was a horror film from 1920, Yeet. where a, a 16th-century Prague Jewish rabbi creates a giant creature from clay and uses sorcery to bring it to life to protect the Jews from Prague in persecution. I heard the special effects in that one are amazing. <clears throat> yeah, the 1920 special effects. Yeah, man, amazing. Like way out of way some like. Back to the Future 2 style. Really good. Uh, but that gives us a good idea on Roger's age, though, you know? It does. Because if he was 4 in 1920, you know, then, you know, he's pretty much 50. Really? 52, yeah. Oh. Huh. Okay, that's cool. Uh, so, we, you know, next thing we see Don well, waking up in the... in the camping lodge. Now, what, do you think he... do you think he's back in his... Uh, back in his room? I uh, I don't think so. You don't, but but Henry Francis has arrived. Henry, I mean, that's that's pretty ballsy on uh, on Betty's part. Absolutely. I think he must have meandered back to, to to his room. Anyway, doesn't matter. Not important, folks. Because what is important is that he comes into breakfast and he sees uh, the good old Henry Francis and uh, and Betty uh, uh, chowing chowing down in a way. And he goes over and says hello. And, you know, as always, things are a little icy with Henry Francis. He doesn't like anybody sniffing, as they say. Um, and then uh, Don goes over into the corner and eats sadly by himself while Henry Francis and Betty have a nice breakfast. Yeah, but he's kind of looking at, at Betty like, I, I don't know. I don't know if he's if he's missing her or if he feels like he just got played or, you know, how he's taken that whole experience. I feel like he's taking it as like she she totally she totally tricked me or not tricked me but like she no that she didn't she didn't feel like but I feel like she did it so that she could make him feel like look what you lost right you know what I mean and I'm uh, and I don't know if anybody really has a problem with that no that's true that's true I mean I guess you know that's that's her prerogative. Uh, can we go back to Jones Place where Bobby Benson is hanging out in the coolest shorts in town? I don't know, my friend. Those, those are some aggressive shorts. I, you know what? I went right out and bought a pair, John, and I'm wearing them right now. It is about 90 degrees in New York right now, folks. And if you don't have these shorts on, you're sweating them off. You know what I mean? Wow. Uh, yeah. Well, thank you for that visual, Mr. Giamatti. Uh, we, got, um, <laughs> we got them talking briefly. They're going to go to the beach. They bring up Pete Campbell and his issue momentarily. And then Roger swings over in a very, what is that, plaid? Um, tweed? I don't know. I it, expressive. Uh, yeah, I don't know. You know, just a jacket of print. Yeah, print jacket. Yeah, for the the weekend, just a casual jacket. Yeah, and brings uh, you know j- drops in and is surprised by Bob, and uh, you know everybody's a little awkward. Yeah, you know because Bob apparently is unaware of this re- previously re- previous relationship. Bob uh, didn't know they were buddies. Bobby no. B's like, what do I do? Well, and even though a lot of people knew that they were together, I don't think anybody knows that it's his kid. So maybe not. Uh, I think Bobby B can tell that something's a little 
a scheme. Of course. Of and course. this is not in Bobby B's plan. Because Bobby B is all about keeping everybody happy. Bobby B knows what side his bread is buttered on. Am I right? No, absolutely. He, he has both sides buttered. Bobby B is a genius. I can't Bobby wait till B. they. I can't wait till they flesh out whatever he's doing. Yeah, you know what it is. So what he's what he has done is he's actually most interested um, in men's fashion, and he's starting a shorts line called Bobby B's Shorts. <laughs> Bobby B's short shorts. Like he doesn't do he doesn't do down to the knee, John. Uh uh-uh, uh, because it's hot out there. You know what I'm saying? No, you can't keep them on the shelves. Bobby um. B's shorts. <laughs> Anyways, so, so you know, a little tension there. Joan, obviously, very uncomfortable, doesn't want to bring that up. And, uh, and, and so they're getting ready to go. And then we go to nighttime in the Peggy Abe home, and she has turned her stick into an outright bayonet steak knife taped onto the end. I would have asked, uh, I was worried she was going to ask if anyone had seen a white whale, because that thing looks like a Moby Dick killer. You know what I'm saying? Uh, well, it, 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 <laughs> it, 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 may, it might not get, uh, you know, Moby Dick, but it definitely could take down a hipster okay. because <laughs> she's, she's hearing some noise. Yeah. She, uh, she's looking out the, uh, the window. All of a sudden, she hears something whips around with just this fierce weapon yeah. in her hand yeah. and, and really gives it to Abe right in the gut. And I'll be honest, man, this, this kills people. Like, this type of injury would easily kill him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, could puncture, could easily uh, kill him. Puncture a pretty uh, vital organ is what you're saying. Well, if it gets into the intestines, because oh, that's yeah. you know because it's belly. Now, luckily, the intestines are kind of floaty, so it's it's actually tough to to get the knife in there. Oh, there's a lot of slips between them. A lot right, of times? right. Okay. So, provided the knife didn't get into the intestine, then he's got a pretty decent chance to survive. But if if he break if he breaks it into the intestine, that can go all kinds of bad. Yeah. And that's uh, good to know. Thank you. And so they're they're in the ham- ambulance riding riding back. She's apologetic, and yeah, uh, but Abe's dude, like she is she is apologetic in like the least apologetic way possible. You know what I mean? Well, like she's not like swooning, or you know, I mean, swooning's the wrong word, but you know what I mean. She's not like fawning over him. She's kind of be like, you'll be fine. Well, but the, you know, we didn't see the fifteen minutes between then and now where she's you know probably apologized twenty five times. And John, question. Yeah, folks, it's not anything to do with Mad Men. And I apologize, but how could you take the knife? Why do you never take the knife out? So the idea is that if you've severed a blood vessel, uh-huh. right, and so you actually have um, the the knife is keeps you from bleeding out. Exactly. Fair enough. Okay, moving on. Oh well, at, well, before we get to uh, you know, once you get stabbed by your girlfriend, it's best to break up with her. That's and Abe a, takes care of that post. He's not going to wait to to get a transfusion. Uh, he's just oh. gonna, it's done right now. <laughs> and, and he does it with uh, he does it with some panache here. He does something to the effect of you know every uh, every every action by you is offensive to my very being. Um, yeah, really lets her know. have it. I that seemed okay. Uh, now, John, let's get back to the scene that everyone's talking about. Yep. Uh, Don gets back from from his excursion to the uh, to the woods, as it yep, were. Right. And uh, Megan is hanging out on the balcony uh, on the balcony with a a red starred shirt and her underwear. Now, John, right. there's been a lot of talk about this. We get a lot of emails. It was just in USA Today. Yes, you, the USA Today. Everybody. 
that there's uh, everyone saying that this is a direct comparison to who? Sharon Tate. What? Yeah. Who's Sharon Tate? Did I say it? Is it? God, you're my Paul. What's the name of the lady? I'm sorry. You lost me. I don't know. I, you didn't. Wait. We didn't. We didn't prep with this. What are you talking? We about? didn't. Hold on. You 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 explain the scene. Well, so the scene is Don comes back from camp, come back from his little fling with Betty. Megan's you know hanging out. He says, "I missed you." She gives him this longing look and says, "I miss you every day." And he you know he's very tender. He uh, you know gives her kind of a, what you call that a face hug, and um, a little kiss. And you know it looks like at least at this moment he's going to make an effort to be more readily available for Megan. And uh, and that ends the scene. Now, are you ready with your Sharon Tate so forth? Yeah, you didn't get you didn't get an email from anybody about this. I told you what, we got a ton of emails. Well, you did get I... an email from from one of our listeners about this because I read it uh, in the email and I also uh, uh, read it uh, on the Intertron. Um, but there's this comparison that everybody's making um, between uh, Megan Draper um, and the great, uh, yeah, Sharon Tate, uh, who was killed. Uh, you know, he, she was married to um, uh, Roman Polanski and was killed by the Mansons. So she was also kind of a young actress coming into uh, her, uh, her own when she was murdered. Mede. And a lot of people are saying that the sirens in the background in this, in this scene are kind of, uh, are kind of uh, feeling that out. Hmm. No? Foreshadowing? Wow. Maybe a Megan Mede? <laughs> <laughs> I, I know you like to say it that way. Uh, yeah. No, you know, I think, um, obviously, I think there's been a ton of death foreshadowing over the course of this entire series. And, that, you know, something but like that. It does seem like a complete... I mean, it is a dead ringer uh, kind of uh, reference. Because of the T-shirt, I guess that's what I missed. Well, there's this photo. It was this photo that was taken in 1967 uh, uh, for Esquire magazine. Okay. And it has uh, it has uh, Sharon Tate in the same shirt and in her underwear. Oh wow! It, it's very. It is. It's very. She's she's holding a bow and arrow, but besides that, it's like exactly the same. Oh, I see it. Yeah. Yeah. You do. Okay. And so, uh, so yeah. And uh, apparently, someone had tweeted with the costume director of Mad Men, and he's like, "I'm not saying it isn't uh, <laughs> to do, but I'm not saying it is." So I think it's caused quite a firestorm on the internets um, about what that exactly means. Whether it's just a, you know, just a reference to Sharon Tate, which I guess it could be. Sure. Um, or whether it's actually a reference to uh, where Megan is headed. Well, and, you know, I don't think that would be a surprise. And obviously you could see that uh, transpiring where if something were untoward would happen to Megan, you know, what kind of uh, just awful spiral that could send Don. And, you know, perhaps the, the whole man falling off the building could come to fruition. But this is all speculation. All spec, John. All spec. But that's the end of the episode. That's not the end of the... What are you talking about? That's not, not the end of the... <laughs> Shit. What are you talking about? No, that's not even close to the end of the episode. Oh, so we I'm get sorry. back to the office. Roger oh, comes man. into the office. He's got the Lincoln Logs for uh, for Kevin. He wants to be involved in his life. You know, he just... He had a great day with his grandson. That's been taken away from him. His daughter uh, really has nothing really of interest to speak with him now after that. 
um, you know, and he wants to be, he, want, he, he had a great time with his grandson. He wants to be that, uh, that father. And mm-hmm. Joan's like, nope, I can't count on that. Uh, it's confusing. This way, uh, right now, he, uh, Kevin thinks that his father is a hero out at the, the battlefronts, and that's how we're going to keep it. And, uh, you know, obviously leaves a very sour taste in Roger's mouth. And I think Joan's a little disappointed, um, obviously, that she can't count on it, because I think she would like to involve him. But it's just, uh, you know, she knows Roger better than anybody, and we know Roger from what we've seen, and it would be tough. Yeah. So, um, and then the next scene is a kind of the big, big one is that Bob comes in. He's like, look, you know, I don't want to make you uncomfortable, but it's come to my, your, my attention about your mom and her needing a nurse. And, you know, that, uh, well, you know, Joan should have told you that. He's like, look, your, your well-being is a concern of mine. Here is a nurse I know. And this is the big, this is the big moment of the episode. I'm sure you've seen and heard about this. You know, this is a nurse named Manolo. And he's only available because he just finished nursing my dad back to health. Mm-hmm. And that was like the big dun-dun-dun moment. Oh, Bec- right, right, right. Because at the beginning of the season, he had been found to have sent a large tray of goodies to the funeral for Roger's mom. And when confronted on it by Ken Cosgrove, he was saying, well, you know, I just I feel like everybody needs a good thought. I know when my dad died, any positive thought helped. And so we have we have caught Bob Benson in kind of a very uh, in a lie, odd Joe. lie, in you know? a lie, in a lie. And you I know, mean, I think he well, he's clearly it's because Bobby B wants to be on the right side of everybody, you know. So he just he makes up what he has to make up to make it right. Right. That's all. So, so anyways, um, now now we come down where Peggy's you know exhausted, she's disheveled, she's upset. She comes in and you know. Chaw, who had just had this, uh, you know, in, kind of intimate interaction with her just the other day, um, you know, she's like, Abe's been stabbed, but, you know, it's over. I've been dumped, um, you know, and kind of um, looks at her, and, and Chaw, uh, you know, says, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. And then, uh, hey, you ready to work? <laughs> it's Monday. I know, you know, that was just, that was dick. Right? What a move. And, I mean, Peggy is looking rough maybe right. this wasn't the right time to go in peggers you know what i mean you know if anybody like ever needed a hug yeah this you is know the time. i mean i think that's all she actually really wanted i don't know that she wanted him to even start in on like her. hooray we could be together right yeah. you know because i mean she has strained relations with her family her mom and her sister mm-hmm. you know she's got no other friends that we know of and this is like the closest person that she thought she had, and then she gets this, and so you know she walks uh, to the middle there. Don doesn't even look at her, and closes the door, and then uh, Chaw turns away. He does it, and so like she was saying, same person. So now she's caught between the same type of manipulative person that's just going to be incredibly stressful for her. And uh, we get a, a nice little fun, always something there to remind me to take us out. Poor, poor Betty. She's like, I mean, God, oh man, you're Peggy, doing so well, I don't so know, well, man. Something's wrong with me. Anyway, that's the end of the episode, folks. John, do you have some time to do the mailbag, or do you got to go? You got, you got some time. Let's let's hit this okay. up. We got we got a ton to get through. Do we'll do up. as many as we do can. All right, we uh, our, our good friend. Uh, now some of these are going to involve last week's episode as well. Um, okay. So uh, our friend Craig from Tokyo writes in. Thanks for the shout out. 
but was no one but me excited to hear Megan says that uh, she's going to make spaghetti, her world famous spaghetti. She should have her own cooking show. It's always spaghetti. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, he says, uh, got to run vitamin B12 shots. Can't last forever. Don't we know it, Craig? Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got, uh, man, my goodness, I'm telling you, we just got a ton of these this uh, this time. Sarah uh, writes in, says, I watched uh, four seasons of Mad Men on Netflix and then watched seasons five and six live last year. I got my college junior son hooked on the show, and he even wrote a paper on Mad Men for a communications class. I love how he delves deep into the meaning. And, uh, and evaluates every episode. And he told me about your podcast. Now I'm hooked. Uh, has anyone ever told you two that John sounds like John Hamm and Paul sounds like Adam Carolla? Oh. Uh, keep up the good work. No, I've never heard that. Sarah in Wisconsin. Um, thank you very much. <laughs> thank you, Sarah. Always makes me feel good. Am I right? Yeah, it makes me feel great too, John. All right. Oh, come on now. It's wow. just people just talking. Uh, yeah, Dr. John and Paul. This is Brian in Richmond. Just want to email you about my spin on things going, Madman. Uh, you may want to give your listeners a head up. Oh, I admit, and I, I, I'm telling you, I fell apart on this. If anybody saw this, I'm curious to hear how it went. On Adult Swim this past Thursday, uh, there was um, there was something called the greatest event in TV history with John Hamm. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you've never saw it, 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 this guy said it was fantastic, and I, it's only 15 minutes. So mm-hmm. um, anybody else uh, see it, or if there's a link to it, let us know. Uh, he says, first, my mom never beat me with a spoon, but growing up in the 70s, I did get spanked with an orange Hot Wheels track. Um, oh, that's <laughs> man, that would stuff. That would leave a mark. Yeah. Uh, uh, what I don't get with the merger is that wouldn't uh, Philip Morris have pulled their business with the newly furged because of Don's tobacco rant? Because remember, Peggy was trying to get that women's cigarette. Mm-hmm. However, I don't think we know that they got that. So I don't know if that's necessarily an issue because I, I don't actually think they got that. Um, oh. And, uh, you know, it, why didn't Don, in his drug-enhanced whorehouse flashbacks, use his memories of losing his virginity to the kindly hooker as a basis for Chevy? Uh, you're, you're nervous when you get in it, but you let it do its thing, and the next thing you know, you're off and running. Huh? No? That was his thought. I, I don't know. Uh, I admit my wife and I are starting to wonder how this will end. Will Don be busted? Megan gets an affair. Don comes to Jesus. Sally runs away with her siblings and start a commune. Uh, Weiner better not pull a Sopranos. We need closure. So I, I think a lot of people are in agreement with that. We don't want to see. I am gonna. I'm gonna guess you're gonna get no closure. Yeah, I kind of think the same way. Now I'm just uh, saying that so everyone will get closure because, as we know, I am always wrong. <laughs> uh, our friend uh, 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 Leslie writes in from Canada and says we th- we think you guys are the best. We think Bob Benson is the equivalent to a red shirt in Star Trek, which means dead by the end of the season. <laughs> Yeah, that was pretty funny. Uh, question, any thoughts on how often we see Don in an elevator? Also, am I alone thinking uh, we could see him take a tumble down an empty elevator shaft in the final episode? Because, we, of course, we saw that set up uh, previous season. I think, uh, you know, there's something to be, to be uh, uh, thought of. That, yeah, somebody's, that, that empty elevator shaft probably comes back around at some point. You can't just throw it out there the way they did. Um, Jared writes in and says, Don kept saying, bad actor. In the most recent podcast, and I'm sorry I didn't go back to the tapes. I don't remember this. Are you referring to the uh, to a, uh, the trial actors, or is that some sort of expression I'm not familiar with? Please explain. Love the show, uh, Jared. I'm sorry. Like I said, I didn't know which one that's talking about. Usually, when I say bad actor, it's um, often in terms of some kind of medicine. So I might have said it in regards to the amphetamines, 
which can really get you messed up because uh, I, I don't think that really our actors are quite good here. Mm-hmm. So um, we got uh, uh, Bob writes in, says, During the crash recap, Paul was talking about how important the Chevy account was to the agency's survival, and John said that the Emerge company had the uh, same accounts and so they could just split back. However, I am wrong. According what? to Bob. According to Bob, I am wrong that the, con- the, the agencies would have to resign some accounts that would have been conflicting. Mm-hmm. And I think I, Bob is absolutely right. Very, very well said. Uh, also, when Grandma Ida said she helped raise their daddy, I immediately thought she might have been talking about the real Don Draper. Well, honestly, Don Draper grew up on a farm. That nobody was helping raise anybody out there. So, I, you know, I think she was just trying to steal stuff. Uh, P.S. What hours, what hours do they give tours in the Brooklyn studio? They do not, actually. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's, it's hard to get to, and there's only room for one person. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. Dina, Dina writes in and says, I have a friend named Moira. It's a less common Irish name, but I've known a couple Moiras. Uh, if, if listeners are interested in more information about the late 60s vitamin B shots, they should read the biography of the Warhol muse Edie Sedgwick. I, uh, thank you, Dina. I'll be honest, I have not had a chance to look that up. But, I do uh, know Edie Sedgwick. She, there was a movie about her um, just not too long ago, maybe like four or five years ago. Yeah? Did yeah. you see it? No, I didn't see it, but Sienna Miller played her. Oh, all right. Yeah. Um, uh, okay, uh, Ashley and Leslie can write in from, from Canada. Uh, as Canadians, we would never say, we told you so, Paul. But this week's show must have surprised you with Don and Betty's arousing night at camp, huh? Who knew? Wink, wink, we did. Um <laughs> Ashley and Leslie, and, and they actually had written in and said, do you think that they'd hook up? And I, I had said that, in fact, I only thought they would hook up if she lost the fat, because Don is that superficial. And lo and behold, that's what happened. Oh, thanks for pointing out when you're right again, John. That's awesome. Moving on. No problem. Uh, but Linda writes in, Dr. John and Paul, so happy that Joan and Bob have gotten it on. I was hoping Sad. this would happen. Yay. As to Bob's true identity, I stand uh, by my prediction last week which I put in the comments section of your website. I, he's, a, he's a super wealthy guy who is keeping his great privilege a secret so that he can make it on his business merits. Uh, so like kind of a version of Undercover Boss, maybe. Um, <laughs> I also okay. learned, let's see, when Shaw tells you he is in love, he really means it until he finds out you're available. When packing for the beach, don't forget your super sexy, tidy whitey Bob Bunsen short shorts. Uh, Bob has a financial interest in the Anthora Paper Coffee Coffee Cup Company, because he's always got the. Uh, is, is this fun. is true. Uh, Roger Sterling should, under no circumstances, be around children. Uh, when your husband's away and you invite your girlfriend over to play, it's only natural that she assumes you want to make out. And when you stab your oily, ungrateful, long-haired, freeloading hippie boyfriend in the stomach and rush him to the hospital, don't be surprised when he dumps your corporate stooge arse in the ambulance. Wow. And, and the last one from Belinda from London, Matthew Weiner knows that we are counting the Bobbies. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, us and everybody else. <laughs> um, and, and just to add that, uh, thinking that Pete's sad sack rapey Campbell is a very, very generous person requires Bob Bunsen to own the patent on rose-tinted glasses. And uh, a horrible thought, what if Bob is actually gay and has stepped up to the role of Joan's gay best friend? Oh my, that's a brilliant one. Well done. You think so? You, you might be able to get behind that one? I don't know. That's clever. I didn't see that. It was a good idea. <laughs> um, 
So we got uh, Shannon from uh, Oklahoma, Tulsa, writes in Saturday, Sunday morning while doing some light housekeeping. I tripped and fell carrying a laundry basket. It was pretty bad, nasty fall. Banged up my right knee and hip and gave myself a concussion. So you can understand why I was mistrustful of my eyes when I saw Don uh, flirting with Betty Monster. And I had to blink a few times and call the ER saying I'm hallucinating when they got to bed together. What the holy hell is wrong with Don? Does he hate himself that much? The scene where Betty was at the fundraiser was pretty funny. I thought for a minute we might have Henry Francis 2.0 on our hands with Stuart. And Paul, what's up with your buddy Abe? Was he dating Peggy just for the articles? Is that what he's trying to say on his fake deathbed? I don't know. Abe looked pretty rough. That guy was pale and he had a knife in his abdomen. Like, that's bad news. Um, I think we need to cut him a little break for whatever he did when he's got a knife in his stomach. Um, Yeah. But uh, we get Mike from Omaha writes in. um, (laughs) It says, uh, I called the Don and Betty affair for the very first frame Betty Monster appeared in. And since I have a gift for this, allow me to make an even bolder prediction. Season season 7 will end with Bob Benson as the sole executive of the firm. It will involve both seduction and romance, marrying Joan, a heartbroken and very high Roger jumping off the building, and Joan leaving the firm to raise their three children. Uh, Certain death, uh, like Bert, treachery, Bobby will scald Pete with a second cup of coffee, (laughs) (laughs) and impale Don on a knife taped to a pole. Oh, all right. Um, (laughs) and, uh, And Shaw consumed in a fiery plane crash, and corruption as Cutler is arrested for being a massive underground porno kingpin, a.k.a. Brooklyn Knight. Um, Folks, save it. Save it for the prediction show. Oh, my. <laughs> That's true. That's true. We could have, we could have uh, held on to that one for a while. Yeah. Um, and we got, uh, let's see, Bob Benson caught in a bullfish. So, again, we got several of these that, you know, yes, Bob lied. The first thing about his uh, dad uh, to, to Ken and now to Pete um, Unless Bob has, unless he had two dads, of course. Nice. Then, then, then it wouldn't be a lie. Um, nice. But that was that was from John. Uh, we got uh, Jason gave us uh, three things of his from the crash. If I'm listening to this show, my time is not valuable. Is what he got from our podcast. Um, Probably. Things don't stank when it's cold. This is and true. And Paul is on Team John. That's also true. <laughs> if I had to pick a team. Uh, I'd be on yours, pal. Uh, th- thank you very much, Jason. Um, uh, JJ writes in and says, um, three things that I've learned. It's official, Bob. Uh, must introduce himself to someone in every single episode. This time it's in short shorts. Uh, handing Ted Shaw something totally throws him off his game. Uh, and don't even think about smiling at him. Instead of, it's not you, it's me. My next breakup, let him down easy line, will be your activities are offensive to my every waking moment. To be fair, it turns out Abe was right. White people can stab you, too. <laughs> this is true. Accidental, accidental harpooning by a homemade spear is bound to lead to a breakup, and it's not a turn-on to other potential suitors. And just because you climb a mountain doesn't mean you love it. Really sounds like a takeaway lesson from an episode of TLC's My Strange Addiction. <laughs> uh, thank you very much, JJ. We got, um, we got Tony in Brooklyn. Uh, writes in first thing wanted to say is uh, with Dawn uh, the the secretary that again we didn't see um, at the desk anytime couldn't couldn't she have been performing all the new tasks Joan has given her yeah, perhaps 
And Grandma Ida, was I the only one that thought it was a possibility she was somehow connected with Don Draper? Yeah, uh, well, not the only one, but no, there's no way that she was connected with Don. And I know we're all glad Fat Betty is back to being Betty Monster, but are we all so glad to see them together again? I was not. Were, were, no, you, were no. you upset about it? I mean, it's not, I don't really, they're not together. Upset. They're not I, together, I, I, though. Know, it's just stupid. Yeah, exactly. Right. And this was going to happen. You know what? Right. Um, hey, you know, I said it wouldn't. Just a couple more. We got uh, uh, James. Hey, Dr. John, sorry to hear about the delay in the podcast, but it gives me a chance to share what I've learned uh, about Betty Monster. One, Betty Monster is unaffected by mosquitoes unless she is about to breed. Uh, oh, that's the other thing. A lot of people, this is this is perhaps another baby. Oh, yeah. Maybe. 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 I don't know. I feel that it has to do with blood circulation uh, restarting, as, restarting as a side effect of arousal, but I'm not the doctor here. Betty Monster's hind quarters proved to be completely irresistible to grease monkeys everywhere. There is something about Betty Monster's slender tush that keeps unwashed gas station attendants from their appointed duties. And at number three, Don and Betty are never going to get together again. Come on, was a quote from last week's podcast. Paul is amazingly, consistently, magically wrong when he makes predictions. It's a gift. Statistically, he should be at least right once. But... <laughs> Please. I've been right once. Here, dick. please. This, now, so this guy is using your powers for good. He says, "Please, Paul, tell us that Joan and Pete get together so that it can never happen." I get creeped out whenever they are alone in a room. Joan and Pete will never ever get together. Oh, you didn't just do that? I just did that. Oh, you that didn't guy just do that? Can eat it. Pal. <laughs> um. Uh, and then we got several. We had several uh, people just wrote in. Um, Emily, uh, Elizabeth, Lori. You know, all, all we're saying that just, you know, sorry, sorry that, uh, you know, guys got delayed. So are we. Uh, but uh, thanks for, for keeping us on task. Thanks for checking in. And lastly, Julie Wrightson, uh, first of all, love you guys. Don't understand the Paul hate. I will Thank admit you. it took me a few episodes to understand his sense of humor. One of those guys so sarcastic that I sometimes buy his jokes. Anyways, he is uh, laugh out loud hilarious. And I just about died when he brought in the soundboard in response to a listener complaint. I was dying laughing at the gym, embarrassingly so. John, love you too. You bring the knowledge and research, except for today. Uh, just, <laughs> just a little tidbit. I read in some other review that Bobby Ben, uh, yeah. So again, the, the 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 lie of the dad, and Peggy stabbing Paul's uh, friend Abe was amazing. Can we ask him how he's recovering? Yeah. Thanks a lot. He's dead. He's dead. Julie, uh, again, we got some another great round of uh, reviews on the iTunes. Thank you very much. That was wonderful. Um, if you want to do, uh, if you don't mind, I'll take care of the how to contact us this time. Please do. All right. So if you'd like to get a hold of us through email, we're at staff at madbandrecap.com. If you'd like to get a hold of us via Facebook, which I try and keep a close eye on, we are at Mad Men Recap on the Facebook. And we are also there on Twitter, where we try and tweet every episode live. Uh, it is a lot of fun, especially if you can watch it live. Those of you on the West Coast, we're kind of sorry. Uh, the um, if you don't like any of that social media stuff, Paul has put together just a uh, crack up slam bang website, madmenrecap.com. Please uh, check that out. And again, uh, Madmen Recap on the iTunes. We love the reviews, they're always a lot of fun. Really keep us going. And I think I may have hit them all. All right, pal, that was great. We will see you sooner than usual. <laughs> All right, man, good show. Talk to you later.